0: Welcome to the Ape Talks. As always, this is your host, Mr. Ape, and I hope you enjoy the 19th installment of me talking to myself. And recently I was uh, working on a little project with a few friends of mine, and uh, something went wrong in this project. I lost the confidence of a certain member. And I was telling the guy who I was with at the moment that I don't think I have enough confidence to pursue this project with this third party. And he told me, okay, okay, don't worry, I'll handle it. So he takes out his phone and he calls that guy and he tells him, look, uh, Ramsey or Mr. Ape, uh, you know, he can't, really, he can't really join us in this project anymore. He got really sick and he's in the hospital. And, you know, he'll, he won't be better anytime soon, all right, sorry. And he hangs up the phone. And I look at him with absolute bewilderment in my eyes that this is the method he chooses to let his friend or the third guy in this little project we were doing down to tell him no that I'm out. you know, and his son was there, his son was watching him do this, this young mind learning how to behave when he grows up by watching his father, and this is what he saw his father do. This is how he saw his fa- father handle a situation. In which, where one party didn't want to go forward, so they lied to the third party, you know, and it is, it's a sad part that it's very common in this world, you know, and there are different names for it in different parts of the world. In Asia, it's called saving face. In in the Middle East, it's called Khatro, which means, uh, let's not break, you know, his face or his uh, his feelings. Let's not break his feelings. So the whole mentality is to deceive and to use trickery. And deception and lies and manipulation instead of letting someone go gently and telling them look it's not gonna work out we we believe it's more gentle to lie and to come up with these lies even though most lies eventually become uncovered you know eventually that guy's gonna see me I'm fine he's gonna ask me about the hospital I'm not gonna lie to him you know I'm not gonna lie to him I'm gonna tell him what happened I'm just gonna tell him look I lost confidence in you and that guy decided to tell you I was in the hospital because he didn't want to hurt your feelings When, in the end of the day, this this sad endeavor that we all, you know, partake in, in preventing other people's feelings getting hurt, we play all these silly games, and it's so common, you know? You even see it in the West, with the very neutral people, they don't know how to be direct. Neutral people struggle with being direct, because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So they believe that if you're very gentle and you lie, it's more gentle. It's the same thing with the woman, right? If a woman doesn't like a guy and the guy likes her, she usually comes up with something like, oh, I'm not looking to be in a relationship right now. Because instinctually, women, uh, from a long time, it's been dangerous for them to just be direct. You know, if I upset that guy in my small tribe in the jungle, he might beat me up or hurt me or do something foul to me. And I'm I'm in a vulnerable state. But thankfully, women are not as much, um, way better in situation than they were thousands of years ago. To where they don't have to do that, but still, that is ingrained, even in men in different situations, dealing with other men or whatever. This whole concept of being direct is taken as rude. Instead of that girl just telling him, look, I'm not attracted to you, or look, I don't like it how you handled that particular situation when we were out on our first date, so I don't want to pursue a second date. She tells him something like, look, there's plenty of other girls, you're a great guy. When, in fact, if, you, if that woman would have given him the feedback, it would have helped him more. If that guy would have told my friend, listen, uh, Mr. Ape is not uh, trusting in your reliability because you didn't handle this particular situation the way he expected it, you know, that he would have been more happy and more confident in you if you did it like this instead. And people get better? No, we lie to them. We deceive them and we fill people with false hope and false images of themselves instead of what they really are or what they really did to us or our perceptions of them. And that is very dangerous, you know, because sometimes people discover it and and are hurt by it and then they move on. Sometimes people who are uncontrollable, people who are very emotional, will react in a very unpredictable and dangerous way. And overall, it's it's not a nice thing to do. And in my opinion, it's less gentle than other methods. Uh, There's always a more gentle method to do it. But generally speaking, this idea of deceptiveness, going down that route, going down that road, has never been, <laughs> in my opinion, a, a gentle way. Because in the long term, it's been a very harmful way. It's, it's been, at least to me in my experience, it hasn't been nice. When girls told me, look, I don't like you because I'm not attracted to you, it was always more, it may have hurt initially but a little bit more than if they lied to me. But in the long term, I appreciated their honesty for it. And I was able to really like them because they were so direct. And it's the same thing with guys, right? If I'm working on, with something, if I'm, let's say I'm learning how to scuba dive, and I have a certain instructor who tells me, look, your finning is not great. You need to work on your finning. And he tells me in a gentle way, in a calm way, with a calm voice, in a direct manner, just like that. May, it might hurt my ego a little bit, but then I might say, you know what, you're right, my finning needs to be better. Rather than someone uh, telling me, "No, you're great, you're great," and then casually dropping hints around my friends, "Oh, he's not great, you know that that is more disrespectful. And the same idea in Asia, this is very common when it comes to saving face, there's this big mentality that I need to take you away from the group to tell you this feed to give you this feedback. right? I don't want to give you this information in front of everyone around you and shame you because everyone has such big egos, and we don't want to hurt anyone's ego. So it's better for me and more gentle for me to, to just straight up lie to you and tell you, listen, I, uh, I'm not happy with um, what you did and uh, I'm not going to tell you why, you know. I'm just going to give you a frown in front of everyone and I'm going to take you up to the side and I'll talk to you there and then. And you know what? I think we should all be okay with receiving feedback as a group, you know. Okay, person A, you need to do this better. Person B, you need to do this better. Person C, you need to improve this. We all are at the same level humble and able to handle our humilities at this level to where we can take it, to where we can take an an opinion that is against ours, uh, a message or feedback that we may not necessarily agree about but we are willing to listen to and consider. In my opinion, that is just some of the most basic principles we need to have just to be normal human beings, just to be tolerable people, just to be fun apes, apes to, that are gentle and uh, beautiful to be around, right? Because whenever we're kind of dirty like that, whenever we play these silly games, we kind of we kind of come off as disingenuous characters, as dirty characters, as dirty apes, you know. We are these kind of gray area apes, you know, you don't know what they're like, really. You don't know who they are, really. You can't really trust this character. You saw him act in a certain way and you saw him say another thing in another way. And it it all comes down to the fact that no one wants to hurt anyone else's feelings. You know, it's easier and it's better if I just lie to this person because I don't want to make them sad. Trust me, it's better. I'll just lie to him. We'll just tell him this happened instead, because we can't tell him that. You know, he can't handle that. There's no way that individual can possibly handle this information. And so we're just going to lie to him. When in fact, most people, most people are not that weak emotionally to where they can't take criticism like that, right? Most of us can't take it, at least the humble ones. And most of us are quite humble to a certain degree. Most of us. And it's just these outliers that we worry about. And you know what? These outliers need to be put in their place. When an outlier does something bad, just like everyone else, they need to be willing to receive the feedback and the criticism. Even though they might not want to take all the feedback we get, sometimes I get feedback I don't like, and I don't particularly like to listen to. I still force myself to endure the process of receiving that feedback, and I try and take some things to implement, you know? I always ask for feedback on, for example, my podcast. And most of the time, I don't like the feedback I get. It doesn't work with what I'm trying to create. But sometimes people perceive my perception of what I'm trying to create. And they're able to give me feedback that really works in terms of helping me doing it better. And I do take it on, right? That's what episode 17 was about. A friend of mine told me, listen, it's not as authentic when you edit it as much. And that really resonated with me. When he told me that, I was able to take that feedback on. Because he saw my perspective first. He was able to... He was able to sympathize with my perspective in in order to give me the appropriate feedback for my particular situation. And it's the same case with any kind of feedback, right? Now, just because I say we need to be able to be more direct doesn't mean we should go around being disrespectful to everyone around us. At the same time, we need to give appropriate and intelligent and wise and sensitive feedback. Just because I want you to be direct doesn't mean I'm telling you to be rude, right? Yeah, you can say it in a, still in a very honest way, but not necessarily in a disrespectful way. Now, some people might are so easily uh, disrespected, they, they want to be disrespected, they they don't like any kind of feedback. And even if you're saying it in a very polite way, you might get a guy who's saying, Oh, so you're disrespecting me, let's fight, let's fight, you know? You're bound to run into these people eventually. Don't let these people destroy your behavior to the other people right don't let these people affect you in such a negative way to where now you're afraid to behave normally around other people understand that these people do occur these people these emotionally unstable characters are around and to be aware of them and to understand that these are the outliers these are not the common folk these are rare instances of characters that have been mistreated as a child something went wrong maybe their dna is fucked up something is off and it's not your responsibility to fix those people is just to understand them, and not to take it personally, and not to let them affect you negatively in your further interactions with other characters, and other apes, and other people, right? You're always aware of that, and you just have to be more respectful, and more direct in that way, because in my opinion, it is more respectful, to be honest, even though um, it is easier in, in in an instant to just say, look, your food uh, is great, I really, your food is just amazing, I just, I'm just, i feeling full right now. When instead you could say, listen, I appreciate your effort today, but um, unfortunately I, I don't like this kind of food and I, I can't really eat it, it doesn't work with my body or I have an allergy or whatever, right? We're afraid to say that shit. But saying it once will preventing us from having to lie a thousand times. And remembering to do it in a gentle way with a quiet voice. You never give feedback yelling at someone. You never yell. You raise your voice at any other being, right? I mean, I do it with my dog, but my dog is a certain creature. Sometimes I have to emphasize something like "good boy," "good boy," or "good girl." You know, that's a different thing with an animal that is less conscious of the behaviors we have in the social ways, in the social dilemmas that we partake in, as as uh, fully conscious. Creatures that we are aware of our consciousness. It's a different way. You don't need to raise your voice at any being. There's no need. In terms of with animals, with big, big wild animals. You know, not apes. I'm saying big elephants or tigers. You have to make yourself look bigger, raise your voice, whatever, to deal with that particular situation. But in the end of the day, to simplify this all, when we are interacting with other creatures, other apes, other conscious beings that are conscious of themselves being conscious in turn, we don't raise our voices. We say things in a very calm way. It is so important that the voice is always low and your attitude is always calm. That is why a dog will always copy. I'm talking a lot about dogs now. Cause <laughs> but my dog will always emulate me. If I'm in a good mood, she's in, she's in a calm, good mood. If I'm a bit tense, I'm on the phone speaking with someone and they got me tense, my dog is going to be tense. you know. If I'm walking her and... I'm tense at someone who's coming up to me, the dog is going to be tense to that person. You know, it's the same thing kind of with other people and other apes around us. If I'm tense around someone, the people around me are going to be tense around that person if they're closer to me, right? And it's vice versa. If someone is tense towards me, the person who's around him, the people around him, the apes around him are going to be tense towards me as well. So that's something to keep in mind. So the tone and the volume of your voice. Is vastly, vastly important factor, and when considering, how do you communicate with other people? Right, this whole deception, you know, just because we're lying and we have to scream and sh- pretend to be angry, to, to to pull off the lie or whatever, whatever kind of character we're trying to play, to pull off that deceptive act, it's not, it's not good. It's never good, and we all know it deep inside. After we do something like that, like I remember my friend after he did this action. He looked at me and he said are you happy now like i told him to go up to him and lie to call his friend and lie you know <laughs> you know this is this is the way they take it and i was kind of kind of shocked and his son i was i just looked at his son like i can't believe you did this in front of your son is this how you want your son to come up i didn't, obviously I didn't say this to my friend but i was just kind of shocked this is the manner they take it and you know what? i'm very guilty of this i've been recently doing this in some ways Uh, people, Because it's just so so frequent around me. I'm not blaming other people. It's my fault. But I've also been partaking in this. I've been partaking in the route of being more deceptive and less honest and more dishonest towards other people rather than just being direct. Because some regions around the world, people can't handle direct. People don't know how to tolerate it. You know, Germans are very good at being direct to each other, you know. Whereas in Asia, you have to be more gentle, you have to be more civil, you know, you have to be more polite, you have to be uh, less direct. It's the same thing in China, you know. Uh, in China, you can't be super straightforward. You have to go down a bunch of little lines instead of going down one clear line in order to get your point across in that polite way. And it's kind of silly. It makes things more complicated. And it's just it's just a weakness of us. I th- I really, really believe that this is one big weakness we all share, even me, I need to work on it. I need to be less afraid of saying it. But at the same time, sometimes we have no choice. Sometimes we have to adhere to it, depending on the culture we're in, right? You know, it's not our job to change a culture. It's just our job to understand and get through it without with hurting as little amount of people as possible always, you know? So I, I do understand it. I'm not saying I don't understand. I do understand why people do it. It makes sense to me. And I've had to do it too. Because sometimes you're really forced into that situation. Into that particular direction. And yeah, it makes sense. As sad as it is, sometimes in certain cultures, people don't know how to take it. They're not designed to take it. For generations, that, that is not how they take it. You know, they don't take the coffee with sugar or cream. <laughs> they take it bland. And in other cultures, you need to put a lot of cream, a lot of sugar. And you need to be super gentle with the coffee. You know? <laughs> And uh, talking about sugar, I used to drink a lot of... I, I could not ever drink a cup, of co- a cup of tea or a cup of coffee without at least two spoons of sugar. But recently, a few months ago, I stopped using sugar completely in anything I drink. Uh, well, it's healthier, right? That's why I did it mainly. But now, I can't stand the taste of sugar in anything I drink. I can't even enjoy my, one of my favorite old time drinks, Coca-Cola, anymore. I can't enjoy Coca-Cola. It's just too sweet now. You know, I just have a few sips, like, of a fourth of a can, and that's enough for me, and, you know, I'm irritated. Even juice. I can't even enjoy juice anymore. My tea, my water, my coffee can't have any sugar. I'm just so used to it that way now. And I think it's the same thing with all of us. Hopefully, eventually... The more open the internet forces us to become, initially we'll see a phase of everyone only showing the best sides of themselves, but hopefully we'll go down the road of us being more exposed to each other and more open and more direct because of how everything is being captured and recorded constantly. We will be forced to be more open and more real about how we really are and more honest, and in turn we'll all start enjoying our sugar, I mean our coffees and teas with no sugar. And we'll all be comfortable with that as an entire civilization, as an entire culture of creatures and apes. Eventually, I believe that is the way of the future. That is the, where the future will force us to be. It's just going to take a while, but we'll get there. And I believe when we are there, interactions are going to be much more pleasant and easier and simpler to, inter- and to just deal with, right? If someone doesn't like us, look, I don't want to be your friend. I don't like you. Oh, okay, thanks. You just saved me a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to be your friend. I'll move on to someone else. No worries. Thanks, man. I appreciate your honesty. You move on, right? Now imagine saying that to someone. That what the person you'll say it to will go telling everyone, "Wow, this person is so rude. Just told me this," and go tell the teacher on you in elementary school or whatever. It won't work, right? We have to. We still have to play these games sometimes. And, but if we can create different groups of people where it's okay to be this direct with each other, and other, other people who join this group can become like us, and eventually we can start shaping that movement of being more open and be willing to be more direct, always in a calm and gentle and polite and respectful manner, but still in an honest, undirect way. If you tell someone, look, I didn't like your food today. I, I personally didn't enjoy the taste. That is not necessarily disrespectful, that is very honest. But if you say to someone, remember context, and the way you say it is very important. Listen, I didn't really enjoy your food today, it tasted disgusting. That is another thing, right? Gordon Ramsay, a lot of people would call me, oh, so you're Gordon Ramsay, you know, because my name is Ramsay, my real name is Ramsay. So a lot of people ask me, can you cook, you know? <laughs> you must know how to cook like Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. And I I had to learn how to cook because how many people would, would would harass me about that and ask me this question. So I had to learn how to cook, and I thought who better to teach me how to cook than Gordon Ramsay. So I'd watch a lot of his videos and everything. And uh, Mr. Gordon Ramsay is a very direct person, but in the same way he is direct, he does it in a very disrespectful manner, which in turn, you know, he. I understand the aim of why he's so disrespectful is because he wants to break that perception even quicker. He wants to break it in a very harsh way so they can get on his page as quickly as possible. But when you do it like that, he just comes off as a disrespectful person in itself, even though he might be right in some situations to say that to those people or whatever. And the manner he chooses to do so is never a manner I would personally recommend because it's not necessarily going to build that connection with other people. It's not necessarily going to make you a likable person. Even though it's an honest way to do it, it's a disrespectful way to do it. He raises his voice on many occasions at the people he interacts with. And, like I said, he's a human being. He's an ape. You know, he's bound to make mistakes. But if he does it on the regular, you know, maybe this is the way he does it with every person he goes to help in their restaurant or someone he's training. He loves to raise his voice on people. He loves to cuss them out and disrespect them. But I personally think that when he does it like that, you know, he yes, he's able to break that perception quicker, but sometimes he doesn't break that perception in the correct place. You know, he breaks it in a harmful way, in a way where he makes the, the people who he's trying to communicate with just hate him instead of even considering his opinion. He's broken it too much, right? There's a certain balance. You break that perception in order to get just enough in to repair it. But if you break the glass completely, you'll get to a point where you need to take the whole shards of glass, broken glass on the floor, and take it a smelter and remelt it and reform it. You've completely destroyed it, you know? That's what they try and do in the military. They try and completely destroy you. But sometimes, in my opinion, this approach is dangerous. It's too extreme of a matter to, to change someone. It's, I believe it's gentle cracks that makes you stronger, just like in Muay Thai. To make our bones stronger, we create micro-fractures. We make these small breaks in our shins, you know, and these small cracks great calcification in the bones and allow the bones to grow on top of that and in turn grow your bones make your bones bigger more denser and more stronger so when you make contact with a kick that you're throwing in a Muay Thai fight that impact of that bone because it's so thick first off the bone is much more safer it's much more stable it's much less likely to be damaged from throwing that kick you know or that knee or whatever and on top of that it's going to be more damaging and it's going to be more effective at whatever action it's trying to take and, or do, at whatever action it's trying to achieve, you know? So in turn, that is something to consider, <laughs> you know? We don't need to fully break it like Gordon Ramsay, although he's a good cook, I'm sure he is. Sometimes, yeah. uh, you know what, I really did enjoy the Gordon Ramsay show where he went around the world and he was a very humble person, learning the cuisines and the cookings of people around the world, you know? He had to be a humble person in that situation, Because he had to learn cuisines he didn't know how to do. And he was a very humble character. But in turn, even the people who were teaching him were very humble. Because, you know, he went to a lot of places in Asia. All over the world he went, especially in Asia. And he was able to be so humble. But when he'd go back to the West and teach what he learned, he wouldn't do it in a humble way. Which I didn't respect. I found that to be of dishonest because what's the point of learning from these people because one of the main things they're trying to teach you not, is not just cooking is also humility in asia that is one of the big lessons that's not always the case in asia right In in the middle east in my opinion there's not a lot of humility around right it's just the culture in certain places in america there's no humility and certain pa- places in europe there's no humility but again vice versa is also the case in certain places in the middle east you will find a lot of humility in certain places in America, you'll find a lot of humility. In certain places in Europe, you'll find a lot of humility. To be honest, if those places are going to be smaller, but they st- still exist. you know. And we have to consider that always. There's a little bit of an off-balance here and there, but there are always humble people out there to teach you how to be more humble. Like, um, my, my Ali, I've mentioned Ali before a lot on this podcast. He's one of the best scuba divers in the entire uh, institution I, I, I practice in. He is the most humble person and he is the best person in terms of uh, controlling his breathing underwater. He only takes like a few breaths, maybe three breaths every minute. And he has never bragged about himself, not once. He's never yelled at anyone, not once. He has never raised his voice at anyone, not once. He's always been very direct in a very gentle and calm tone with everyone around him. And he's always been the best. And there are other divers who are good, but, but they brag about themselves a lot that I've seen. You know, a lot of technical divers. And then I get get into the water with them, and they're nowhere near as good as Ali, for example. And Ali never says a word about how good he is or how bad he is. You know, he's always willing to take feedback on. So I, I just I've seen that with my own eyes, you know. And there are humble people all over this world on all parts of it, right? Sometimes they're the outliers. And unfortunately, they're the ones that we need to focus on. And at the same time, most people are somewhere in the middle, right? The outliers are the really, really humble people who are under control. And the really, really arrogant people who take no feedback from anyone, right? And who get disrespected and offended and triggered as easily as dropping... A uh, hair strand from your head onto the ground it just it's commonplace to those people and unfortunately you know we kind of all need to be more balanced out it's better to be more like ali more humble more gentle you know what i mean <laughs> and uh, i think we'll just be more beautiful creatures that way it's just going to be more pleasant imagine going out today hey let's say one unfortunate th- thing happens where you have a car accident the guy gets out are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, man. You give you guys give each other a hug and you say, oh, don't worry about it. Let's get the guys over here. They'll take care of it. Uh, the guys come. They, took a, they take a look at the car. They say, oh, well, well, we'll drop you off to where you need to go. Where do you need to go? Okay, I need to go there. And they, they take you bo- both to where you need to go. And you guys might even trade numbers and become friends. Oh, we had a car accident, you know? Ha <laughs> They're like, oh my God, that guy hit me and it's his fault. No, it's your fault. No, I'm gonna punch you. No, I'm gonna punch you. And then it, it divulges into something disgusting, and uh, kind of distasteful in a way. Cause this this honesty, this I'm not gonna admit that it was my fault, so I'm gonna accuse him, right? You know, <laughs> even if you just had one humble party, right? That other person might take advantage of that humble person and say, yeah, it is your fault, even when it might not have necessarily always been that humble party's fault. You know, then you you it's it's still better than having two people yell at each other. Right. But it is sad when you see someone taking advantage of a very humble person because they are so humble and because they are not willing to to truly say what they feel. They're very Southeast Asian in the way where they put their heads down. They always bow their heads down and they allow you to say it, even though when you're wrong. Right. I've been wrong in many instances when I was living in Asia and Southeast Asia specifically. And I was lecturing someone about something I was wrong in and the guy was smiling and looking at me. And agreeing with me and nodding his head. And then he turned out to be an expert in whatever I was talking about. And I felt so embarrassed and so, wow. You know, I had no idea what I was saying to this person. I should have shut up and listened to this guy more. And I interrupted him too much. You know, that's something I'm very conscious about. Now that I started doing episodes with guests where I have someone on, I always try and control uh, my humility. And I always try and get them to talk a little bit more than I talk. Because the whole point of that episode is me highlighting that person, right? If I want to talk, I can do a a solo episode, a solo cast after or before that episode. But when I have a guest on, it's my responsibility, it's my job to efficiently capture that character in a gentle and honest and a polite way where I give them enough room to speak. I make sure they're comfortable. I make sure they're calm. I make sure they have a good drink next to them, whether it's water or coffee or whatever. And they're relaxed. And I make them feel relaxed. It's my responsibility to create that energy, that pleasant energy that makes them want to relax. And if I do it just right, they'll get really comfortable and they'll talk from their hearts, from an honest and a not so dishonest way. You know, I really encourage people when they come on my podcast to talk from their hearts, to forget all the rules they know of how they have to interact. I tell them, listen, you can say anything to me. I just want you to to just speak from your heart. Don't be afraid about saying anything. And uh, I usually ask them, is there anything you don't want to talk about so I don't bring up? Yes, don't talk about this, this and that. All right, noted. And then we move on from there, right? I, I also struggle with this uh, honesty and this honesty and this deceptiveness that I've been struggling with my whole life because I've always been a very good liar. And as a child, you learn that lying is good, unfortunately. A lot of us are taught that lying is good. When we break something and we say, uh, we didn't break it because we don't get punished for not breaking it. Nothing happens to us. But when we're when we're honest initially, what we need to do with, with children, in my opinion, initially when we need to teach, we need to reward them just like a dog. Good job, good boy, good girl, whatever. Here's a treat. <laughs> you you didn't lie. I'm not gonna punish you because you were honest. And then after they get that, you start you know punishing them. I don't know. But you need to come up with a way where you initially reward that honesty in children. Because unlike me, I wasn't rewarded for being honest. I was punished. Oh, so you did do that. All right, you're a bad boy. This is your punishment. Then I learned, oh, shit, I'm just going to lie. and I'm going to pull it off in such a good way. No one sees it. And most people, unfortunately, most of us, like myself, learn this and decide to to play this, to, to decide to do this because, you know what? It's just going to make my life easier. Fuck it. I don't care if it's going to make a hundred people's life more complicated if I tell this one lie. It's going to make my own experience, my own perception of my own reality much simpler. And it might even have long-term benefits. Some lies may do rare ones, but sometimes they do. So we take those lies. We do those lies. And sometimes we're not able to tell the truth. It doesn't work. It's too dangerous. Depending on each culture, depending on each particular situation, it might bankrupt the entire business. So we're forced to lie we have to and I always have to have sympathy for that even though you know it's not a good thing I understand it. you always have to try and understand it in order to, to come up with better ways to help it the better solutions for it better alternatives in that instance right we need to be honest about it we can't lie and play these silly games in our minds and say no 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 that should never happen no I understand why that happens I understand why those bad things happen and then we can think about realistic ways of coming up with actual solutions for them in the future, right? And (laughs) I read this somewhere where most uh, or at least half of all uh, research and experiments that are done cannot be replicated the same way. You know, even when we do experiments, a lot of them, you know, you can't replicate the same experiment in another laboratory because there's so much bias. In order to make that experiment, I'm doing it because I'm being funded by a certain party who wants to prove this result. So I'm so incentivized to make the experiment go that way, you know, and to kind of shape it to go down that result. Not, to, not out of own curiosity and because I want to make some beautiful experiment and learn some new information. No, because I want to make this company look good. And I want to prove, I want to have some sort of evidence that I can show to the public to represent this product in a professional way, to look, to say, look, you know, this product is way better than the, these competitors or whatever. You know, a good example of this is toothpaste. <laughs> Most toothpaste is basically the same. It's just different branding. It's just all the same stuff as long as it has fluoride or whatever you call it. Um, that, that substance, it's the, all the same. The only difference is the ones that have the sensitive chemical that makes it slightly more sensitive. But other than that, the only difference is taste. You know, which ones you irritate your taste buds a little bit less than the other. And that's the ones we particularly choose. But in the end of the day, they're all exactly the same. They have all these doctors on TV for all these toothpaste ads saying, look, this one is the one I recommend. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's hilarious. It's so funny how much deception is out there in advertising and and, uh, relationships and interactions and in businesses and in projects and so many things. Deception exists, unfortunately. And we really need to consider how we deal with it in the future moving forward. Are we still going to play these silly games? Are we still going to come up with silly ways like this? Or are we going to try and figure out more beneficial ways that benefit all of us in a healthier way, right? Because we can't keep doing this. Long term, this is this is just going to make our lives more complicated. Dealing with someone else's lies in a different continent that is affecting this branch of this company now because of this and this and that. And wow, it's going to make everyone more frustrated and more exhausted and whatever, whatever kind of madness. We're going to feel it. We're going to feel it. We're going to feel tired. All right? I'm, I'm going to try and give you now... As much as it's going to hurt me inside and outside. And some friends who know me might listen to this and might be shocked by this. But I'm going to give you some instances of me that I have been deceptive, right? I remember once um, I used to frequent this supermarket quite often. And I was quite friends with the guy who owned this supermarket. And uh, (laughs) I used to buy these toys from him as a child. And one day I went in. And I told him I really wanted like a helicopter gunship toy to play in my house with. And this was like, I don't know, 15, 16, maybe 18 years ago. And he told me, okay, I'll get you one. I'll get you the best one. And for months I waited asking him if he had that toy yet. And no, he would only. So he'd give me like ice cream or like some chewing gum or whatever. And then one day he got that toy, the one I asked for. And it was so ugly. It was the ugliest toy, you know? That guy's dead now, by the way. So I don't mind sharing the story. But uh, he was an old guy, he was a really old guy and he lived in this, like in the room next to the actual supermarket, the little, uh, little uh, convenience store, whatever you want to call it. It was this little small space and there was a little room as big as a bathroom, that's where his bed was and a little TV. So that's where he lived and he spent all day sitting in the store. So he got me this helicopter toy, and, you know, it was really hard for him to get me this toy, I remember. And I didn't like it, it was, I was over helicopters by that point. By the time he got it to me, I was over helicopters and I wanted like a, a, a truck or something like that as a toy, and I didn't know how to tell it to him. And I started making things up about the toy. Oh, I didn't like this color. Can you get me one another color? And he started ordering one every month for me. He got me one another color. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it because now I don't like the the color of this the, of the clothes of the pilot who's driving it inside the toy or whatever. And then this went on for months. He would he ordered so many for me hoping that I would, you know, buy one, and nobody ended up buying them, and he had like eight of these helicopter toys just sitting (laughs) in his supermarket, you know, and I felt horrible instead of just telling him, look, I was over helicopters, but we talked about it for months, and we got so into it, and he really wanted to make me happy, and I didn't know how to, you know, give it to him straight up as a child, and my parents know didn't partake in this manner of being so direct so I learned a little bit from them from the people around me in my environment and I, I kind of was shaped just like how that kid was the, the kid I saw today being shaped by his father to be that way to be deceptive to come up with excuses not to be so honest to be um, kind of deceitful in many ways and I got good at it you know I got very good at being deceptive to people and Playing in this game of deceptiveness became a skill of mine, a skill that I would actively use and partake in to get myself out of sticky situations, right? Talking about sticky situations, something I partake in a lot is sticking stickers for this podcast. I stick a lot of stickers around certain areas and uh, sometimes I have to deal with certain people, right? And I always deal with them in funny ways. For example, in Lebanon we have a lot of militias, you know, armed men that represent certain groups that have holds of different streets. So I'm sticking stickers, you know, and they don't particularly know how to read English, and the stickers are in English, advertising my podcast, Uh, just sticking them around places. Sometimes these guys come up to me, you know, holding their AKs and start talking to me, like, what are you sticking? Who gave you permission? I'll just point at one of their friends and say, that guy, go ask him. You don't believe me, go ask him. By the time he goes to ask him and come back to me, I'm gone. You know, I'm, I disappeared. You know, it's a magic show. <laughs> you know, I, and I, other times I've tell I've told them, well, you know, what are you sticking? What is this? Because I know they can't read English. These militia guys, these armed guys, who wear some random colored bulletproof vest and hold around an AK and walk around the streets. You know, I tell them, oh no, it's for this cause, this very important cause. I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't know it was for that cause. I'm like, yeah, you see what I mean? <laughs> you know, as unethical as it is, I have to say that I don't want to I don't want to piss off this guy who's holding a gun. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> there are all kinds of funny ways. And there are all kinds of ways where I got caught and I had to, like, run or something. And in the end of the day, you know, we all have to try and put ourselves in less situations where you have to be deceptive. But I see the problem with that again. Then we're less likely to, to get things done because sometimes we need to put ourselves... Make, we need to make a stand around people who are deceptive and say, look, this is how it really is. We can't keep lying anymore. We need to we need to face this and we need to say something about this those instances are what's going to make us more honest as a collective you know we're going to we're going to have some big people some important characters some big organizations they're going to set the path but eventually it's going to benefit everyone maybe in the future it's going to be one company that says look we're going to be the first company to completely Make everything we do transparent. We don't care about competition. We do it so well that we're not afraid. We're gonna put cameras everywhere. You can watch all our staff do everything. You can listen to all our phone calls between each other and each department. Everything is gonna be open. You know, something like that. Big changes like that are gonna happen, or it's gonna be a certain character that's gonna be like, look, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna put a camera all over my house. I'm gonna show you how I really am. I mean, I personally wouldn't do this. It sounds way too, like, like, I love my privacy but it's going to take a few of these really brave characters to do this and kind of pave the way. And then they get used to it. And then we go, look, it's not that bad. And I stopped lying now because every if I lie, people will call me out on it now because there's evidence against my lies. If I can tell people, look, I made a, a ham and cheese sandwich when in fact there was a camera in my kitchen and all these viewers saw I actually made just a cheese sandwich. The more we partake in that, the more we start behaving this way the more we're gonna be have to be more honest right we can't keep it up anymore we can't keep this deception up and there are going to be these small actions i predict that will occur in the future that are going to push more of us they're going to motivate more of us to be like this it's going to be like fashion it's going to be the new trend of being honest i hope i really hope this happens and in the end of the day, it's not long, very, very long-term, not short-term, this will be the case, where it's going to be more beneficial towards us and for everyone else to be this honest. Because in the short-term, it's always, almost, it's almost always, unfortunately, better to lie. And uh, I've been reading a lot of uh, stories of how people had to say lies, because, you know, I, I decided to make the episode between this one and the next episode of me talking deception, deceptiveness. So I was looking at different instances of people being deceptive and lies they told that had huge impacts. I was listening to the many stories that people, you know, had and uh, said, and how they said this one lie, and they didn't expect for it to have such a major effect. You know, the parents got divorced because the kid didn't like this ice cream flavor or something. You know, it was crazy that some of the stories I read that have happened to these people around the world. And it really woke me up, wow, you know, it's insane. It's insane how... How vast these effects, these butterfly effects of a simple lie or one simple trick of deception can have. These effects can last for years and years and months and they can affect important things. And sometimes it's laziness, you know. One very uh, funny thing about the Lebanese people is they always want... They always want uh, the French to come take over and recapture this like a colony again and remanage it and remanage the country and remove all the corruption. And one of my friends who's really into politics was giving me an example of how corrupt it is here. And he told me, you know, when France still had this as a colony in like the 50s or whatever. And just before they left, they were building like a horse a horse track, like a horse racing place, whatever you call these places, where horses race and you can go bet. And as they were building this horse track or whatever, this field, it's a very, very big one here near near a big, big graveyard in Lebanon. I forget the name of the area in Arabic. But anyway... The French had to leave, right? They were giving the country back to the Lebanese people. And just before they left, they said, look, we can't finish this track. Can you please install the benches? You know, uh, here are the materials or here, here is the budget or here is something for it. Just please um, install it because we won't have time to finish this, um, this little park. So can you guys do that? And the government that was taking over, the Lebanese government said, yeah, of course we can. And so the French left. And he told me, now in 2020, it's been like almost 70 years since they built the horse track, no one has has actually installed those park benches yet or these benches to watch the horse tracks. And it was hilarious, you know, like sometimes this whole idea of deceptiveness, you know, it would have been more honorable if those guys said, look, we probably won't do it, you know, but maybe they didn't know, right? Sometimes we don't mean to lie. To be fair, sometimes you don't mean to lie. Maybe that guy who made that promise to the French that, look, we'll get it done. He went in to try and get it done and he forgot about it or it got too hectic or something came up. And he never managed to do it. And maybe it was his fault because of his own laziness to get it done. Maybe it was a certain system that was in place that was broken that didn't allow him to get it done. Whatever it is, you know, we have to have sympathy. Even when when people don't always deserve our full sympathy, we should always attempt to. Because the more sympathetic we are, the better we will become, and the more humble we will become, and the the more efficient we will become. That is why the best tattoo artists, the best Muay Thai fighters, the best scuba divers, they're always the most humble people. And that is the most core message in my life that I wish to, to pass on to other people. If we can all be more humble at all times and less deceptive, because the reason we are deceptive is we don't want to be ashamed. We don't want uh, we don't want people to be to look at us in a certain way that, in the way we see ourselves. We want people to see us in the best way, so we lie and we say, "Oh no, you know I bench press I don't know one thousand tons a day, or some outrageous number, or maybe even a little bit of a realistic but exaggerated number, right?" because we want this perception of us to be so cool but when we are humble we don't give a fuck anymore about how people see us we only care about how we see ourselves and we can't lie to ourselves it is so easy to keep telling ourselves oh no everyone sees us as this cool person and when we live in a deceptive society in itself this society encourages us to be more deceptive to only post the pictures where we look good you know what I mean? and to do these actions and to encourage everyone around us to do the same You know, we become kind of dirty like this and we become encouraged to be dirty and deceptive and to play in this deceptiveness, this dirty water, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's very disgusting to me. But hey, it's something I do. It's something I partake in, unfortunately. It's something a lot of us do. It's something we all need to learn to work on. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed this installment. And again, we're going to be having Brahim, Brahim Zaydan, in the next episode after this. Uh, I think that'll be episode 20. We, you know, it's going to be a great episode. I hope you enjoyed the one before it. I really liked it. And I think me and Brahim are getting more comfortable together and less deceptive around each other and more direct with each other. You know, we're 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 sharing things and we're we're laughing more. And uh yeah, I really hope you enjoy that one. I re- I'm I hope you enjoyed the last episode where Brahim laughed for the entire minute straight, you know, episode 18. Brahim just basically laughed for the first minute. And the reason he did laugh, I explained it it in the episode, but we recorded episode 16 and 18 right after each other. So, you know, (laughs) but episode 20 was recorded like a few days or maybe almost a week after those two were recorded. So um, we actually were actually in different mindsets and um, we were both feeling really good in this coming up episode that's coming out and the one after this in episode 20 with Ibrahim Zaydan again. We talk about a lot of cool stuff. And I hope you enjoy that coming episode. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and the last one I did. Because I, like I said in episode uh, 17, Personality, I'm going to stop editing these episodes as much. I'm going to let these uh, mistakes that I make come out more. Because eventually, when we do go to the video version, of this podcast when my studio is complete there will be no room for me to, to do any editing because everything is going to be on camera right so in a sense at least for an hour a day or whatever an hour a week where, where you see me, you'll see me without being edited i can't edit the, i can't physically edit video right i have to if i make a mistake i have to leave it in if i choose to let that episode out so in the end of the day what, you, what you're going to see is at least an hour a day a very exposed version of myself in terms of the way i sit the way i behave the way i enjoy the coffee and sip on my tea on the table or whatever you know the way i talk the way i look you can i'll, I'll put the camera when cuz i'll have three cameras right i'll make sure to highlight me when i when i'm distressed or struggling i won't i won't do anything dirty where i where i where i change the angle and, and put it on my guest when i look bad no i'll really try And uh, be honest about it and highlight my weaknesses and highlight when I fuck up and do something embarrassing. Because then everyone will feel more encouraged to do so, at least. Or at least the people who watch it. At least it'll encourage them to be more honest in situations they can. To be less deceptive in situations they can. To play less with this deceptiveness in situations that won't harm them necessarily. You know, where it's not too extreme. But in these small instances, in these small ways you encourage other people, Maybe it'll have bigger effects where it's going to be more comfortable for us to make these big, big pushes, to make people less deceptive and to make these big encouragements. But again, I think that's a very, very far time away from now. And we're going to have to work up to it in a very gentle way. And In life, we always take things in a very general way. And one of the most gentle things are my T-shirts, Mr. Rapes. Uh, 100% cotton, 100% awesome t-shirts. You know, you can get them on theapetalks.com for $29.99 with free global shipping. And the inside labels, you know, the digitally printed tags inside are physically printed onto the cloth. So there's no little, little loose piece of paper that itches your neck. And they're really comfortable and they're really awesome. And I love them and I'm wearing one right now, you know. So maybe consider picking one up and i do have a patreon link linked at the bottom of my website at the bottom of the apetalks.com and if you wish to contact me for any particular reason maybe you're in lebanon and you want to be a guest or maybe you just want to ask me a question or you you have a particular situation you would like another person's eyes on or anything feedback or whatever my email is the apetalks at gmail.com you can find it on the contact me page on my website and uh yeah i really hope you enjoyed this podcast and if you wished to feel free to give me a rating if you're, on, you're listening to this on itunes podcasts they do have a rating options there you can give anywhere from one to five stars and you can write why you gave that particular rating any kind of feedback is always vastly appreciated even though if i don't particularly take it i like receiving it and i appreciate uh, considering it because it makes me more humble you know forcing myself to listen to someone say something negative about me forces me to be more humble and in turn improves me improves my ability to be uh, to to partake in humility and to play less in this deceptiveness and uh yeah with that being said that's all for today i really hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you listened to the episode before this with brahim and the one after this again with brahim and with that being said uh, i'll see you soon mr rape signing off <coughs>